Hello there, and thanks for joining me on the podcast today. Parenting and fatherlessness. That's my topic. Fathers who don't measure up because they're not home. They're not in the home. And there are many fathers who are in the home and do measure up. That affects the quality of the parenting that a child receives. The father is a very, very powerful figure um, and has great impact upon his children if he's in the home. Now, if he's not in the home and he's absent and he avoids the home and he avoids his children and basically abandons them, that is a very powerful influence upon a child with an increased likelihood that such children who have been neglected by their fathers will end up in prison, will end up failing high school, probably drop out of high school, probably have a number of children prior to marriage and prior to being ready to marry and being ready to parent a child. In 2005, a study of 1,400 adolescents found that those in fatherless absent home were more likely to report being sexually active as compared to adolescents living with their fathers. Just that element of itself has an enormous impact upon children. Now, in the year 2018, there was a Gallup poll taken, and um, what that found was that healthcare, economy, and immigration were the top three issues that voters cared about and based their voting behavior on. Then beyond that, there were issues of women's rights, gun policies, and tax reform. Those came next. Those were the next three in the important topics of the day that influence voting behavior influence voters to select one candidate over the other. So the issue was divorce, obviously, and the subsequent fatherliness, fatherlessness, pardon me, fatherlessness of the children. So this topic is not getting the attention that it deserves, obviously. Now, today we are in the midst of another political campaign. Have you heard anyone, have you heard other, either national candidate? Have you heard any of the state candidates? Have you heard any of those running for Senate or for a representative seat? Have you heard any of them speak of the importance of father in the home? Do you think that any of them seem to care? Do you think that any of them seem to notice the impact that fathers in the home have upon children as compared to fathers not in the home? So fatherlessness is certainly a critical issue. Now, 20 years ago, that would be about 2000, a poll by the National Center for Fathering found that 72% of the U.S. population viewed fatherlessness as the most significant family and social problem facing America. It's only worsened over the last 60, over the last 10 years. We had a president in office for almost 10 years that did nothing in regards to fatherlessness, particularly in the black community. And we have candidates on the market today. I don't hear any message from them regarding their desire to see fatherlessness reduced and fathers brought back into the home and brought back into the lives of their children. Now, you can't force fathers to come home. You can't force fathers to be responsible for their children. But you can set up incentives and you can set up encouragements and you can set up educational plans and you can set up court decision-making policies that would enhance or encourage or entice fathers to pick up the responsibility for their children much more than has been the case in years past. We want biological fathers to be present. Now, black fathers, 
percent of them of, of the children are not in the home with a black father. Thirty-two percent of Hispanic children are not in a home with their father. Twenty-one percent of white children are not in the home with their father. And one third of our children were living absent of their biological fathers overall. But you see, this is a national problem. Fathers are gone. Fathers are absent. Fathers are doing other kind of things and are caring very little for their children. Now, if you stop and talk to some of these fathers, as I have, many of them care for their children. There is such resistance against their being involved in the life of children that they just walk away and leave it alone. The courts sometimes are not very favorable. The mother is sometimes not very favorable. The extended family is sometimes not very favorable. And sometimes kids are not particularly favorable to be with their father. Now, that's understandable, but we still can have an educational plan. We still can have a court order system that incorporates fathers much more directly and intimately than has been the case up to this point in time. We recognize the damage that the absence of a father has upon the child, and we don't particularly give a lot of attention to the enhancement of what a father contributes to a child's life if he's in the home. Now, we know that fathers who are absent, those children, four times more likely to end up in poverty, not because they're black, not because they're Hispanic, but because they don't have a father, see? They're living in a home that's only a half a parent, and they need to be a home in which there is a full parentage. Now, if the father cannot live with the mother and the mother cannot live with the father, we still can have a system in which fathers play a very significant role in the life of their children, in the development of their children. We don't have to throw the father out with the divorce. We can keep the father in the system in spite of a divorce. So fathers, that's an issue. And we need to have a system whereby schools, courts, churches, um, community clubs and organizations teach and educate and encourage and support two-parent homes, two-parent relationships, and certainly encourage the father to continue to be involved even if he is no longer connected with the mother in any significant way. Fathers can still connect with their children. Now, along that line of parenting, we've had some discussion and some debate uh, over the last number of years as to how much parents really need to have hands-on parenting experience with their children. How much can children really be left alone and take care of themselves and mature themselves and, and raise themselves to be independent in the absence of a close parenting relationship or the degree to which a parent has control over that child? So we have this dilemma between what is called hands-off parenting and hands-on parenting. And the idea here is it's important that children learn to be self-reliant important that children be, be taught and learn how to be uh, self-protective and self-advancing. That's important. But do we need to take the parent out of the home? Do we need to take the parents off of the control of the child and the parenting responsibility of the child so the child learns those kind of behaviors? Self-reliant, self-protective, and self-advancing? No, we don't need to do that. In fact, research shows that children will learn these particular skills much more readily and much more in a positive, solid way if, in fact, their parents maintain a hands-on parenting approach in their parenting process. You see, we want children to obviously be independent, but we want parents to keep control of the child as the child increases in age, 
that can be released, that can be let go, that can be uh, relaxed a little bit, so that the child knows how to manage time and self-responsibility and self-care and social responsibilities and so on. We want hands-on parenting, but we want it to be realistic. We want it to be um, cautious and careful, not to just let go and not have any control, or to be over-controlling and over-protective of our children. We want to have a history with our children that we have maintained that relationship, a close relationship with them, yet at the same time we've allowed them to learn to be self-reliant and self-protective and self-caring and self-motivating and so on. It's a myth to have hands-off parenting. That's a myth. You can't love your child. You can't be involved with your child's life and future if you're going to be hands-off in your parenting. That's an oxymoron. That's cognitive dissonance. That's when you believe one thing and behave a different way. We want parents who are hands-on, but maybe softly, gently, carefully, so that the child does have time for self-learning and self-reliance and self-development, yet at the same time, not throw them into the world today, which is much more than it's ever been in the past, oriented around criminal activity, exploitation, exposure to information far beyond their ability to understand, the drug culture, the drug freedom that's within our society that we have brought upon our children by voting legalization the marijuana and other drugs. So we have created a situation where our children are likely to be at risk, very most probably will be at risk. Because we have created that situation for our children, we as parents now need to be more hands-on than ever before. It's a dilemma, isn't it? That's the parent dilemma. So, thanks for joining me. And um, nice that you came along and kind of got a hold of this conversation with us today and uh, carry it on and pass it on to other people. Think through carefully your role as a parent, the role of a father as a parent. Children's need to learn to be self-reliant yet need to have parental support and protection and care. Got to have that balance between being an involved parent yet being a parent that allows children to learn and to become the independent person they really need to become to face the world before them. It's a myth to have hands-on parenting. We need to have that soft hand on the life of a child throughout his childhood. Bye for now.